Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Professional Services Pursuit, a podcast featuring expert advice and insights on the professional services industry. This episode is going to be part of a two-part series. It's a recording from a recent SOTA webinar where I enjoyed a conversation with Brian Williams, founder and CEO at Vigit, and Andrew Howlett, partner and CEO at Struck. They provided some great insights on how their agencies fared in 2023 and where they plan to focus their efforts in 2024 from a growth and operations vantage point. I hope you enjoy and find some value or even solace from their insights. It's great to be with everybody today and listen firsthand to gain some insights from two agency leaders on the front lines as we wind down what's been, for many folks, a challenging 2023 and look ahead to next year and some of the early indicators that will govern and and kind of dictate potentially the kind of year we're going to have. I thought um, Brian and Andrew would be great to get a little insight and intro from both of you about your role and uh, your your firm. So Brian at uh, Vidjet and, and Andrew at Struck. And since we're in the Zoom carousel and Brian, you are up first, why don't you give us a little bit of an intro? Tell us a little bit about yourself and the firm. Yeah, thanks, Brian. So Brian Williams, co-founder and CEO of Vidjet. So we started the agency way back in 1999, been doing this a long time. We are a mix of a web agency and a product studio. So we do a lot of custom software development, pretty technical stuff mixed with traditional creative work that you see a lot of soda agencies able to do. And we're about 60 people right now, fully independent, all based in the U.S. We have four offices located in the U.S. In terms of my kind of role and background as a CEO, I've kind of worn every hat there is to wear here. I started my career as a developer, so I have more technical background from those early days, but now kind of address whatever the highest priority, most important work is in a given stretch of time this year. That's that's obviously been a lot of biz dev and, and kind of revenue focus, so happy to get into that more. Pass the mic over to Andrew. Yeah, Andrew Hallett's been around the agency world, around SOTA since sort of the beginning and been 20 plus years in, in the industry. More recently, I joined Struck as CEO and a shareholder, largest shareholder with the organization. Struck really focuses on uh, experience and experience transformation as part of sort of the digital and business transformation three-legged stool. We have a practice that does a lot of uh, physical space design uh, as well as uh, our digital uh, and our creative branding, brand awareness campaign type work that we've done for for years and years. Oh, that's great. And I appreciate you both joining as we hurdle to the holiday break. For context, I'm going to just share my screen briefly. We're going to reference a state of the agency operations survey that we were able to commission earlier this year that canvassed lots of different agency principles which would have been Q1, Q2 of this year, and some of the challenges that they were facing, as well as where they could see the rest of the year going and a little bit into 2024. So we'll pull some vignettes from this. And I encourage everybody in the chat, we're going to post the link and you can download this report. It's got some things that'll be probably familiar to most participants today, as well as maybe some things that are illuminating. But, you know, we'll start with the sort of omnipresent elephant in the room around the bumpy economic 
year, we've we've all been experiencing a couple of highlights and some research notes. In the research, around 60% of agency principals said their biggest challenge this year was net new client acquisition. That, of course, is no surprise. Obviously, when clients sort of retrench a little bit with marketing spend, I mean, the, the natural inclination once once a current client has kind of capped their budget to go after some some net new, what have you guys been experiencing? How have you approached the downturn in business and revenue first? And have you experienced or retooled or refactored maybe new business operations in any kind of way as a result of this year? Lots to say here. It has been a challenging year. I would say a challenging year and a half for us at least. And I don't know whether that, that plays out for everyone else, but you know, the global uncertainty, and I think uncertainty is the right word. Uncertainty when in the market for our types of agencies and services lends itself to people just not wanting to either sign or, or embark on new endeavors or, or efforts tend to sort of want to reuse what they have. Thankfully, and I'm I'm not going to call it luck. I'm going to call it uh, really smart strategic thinking. Probably more luck than anything. But, you know, we started some really retooling our positioning a couple of years ago. Probably about three years ago, we started that process. We also started to retool and rethink the way that we price, the way that we propose. Uh, you know, our whole sales effort. So coming into things, we were actually, I would say, a little bit ahead of others. Not that it's completely helped us, but I think just based on the data from the, the research and the, what you shared, as well as what we're hearing from others, you know, we've, we maybe fared a little better than, than others in that regard. But you know, really honing in on that position, what we do, what we do well, because in that uncertainty, people don't want to hire somebody who they don't have that level of confidence with. And so I think that's important for all of us to take a look at a if somebody is going to hire something and spend some money in an uncertain time, they, they want to reduce their risk as much as possible. And one of those levers, of course, is somebody who is uniquely positioned to uh, help them and address that. The other piece is, is we really, and you know, we followed some of the, the methodologies and some of the things that are out there, including sort of the Blair ends, Win Without Pitching, David C. Baker, the way that they approach business. You know, we really tried to stop going after RFPs, stop going after all those things that in the past can be very expensive and and time consuming and more about conversations and helping to identify whether their potential client is a good fit for us and if we're a good fit for them early on. So more of the conversations than decks and sharing credentials and all those things because they should have a pretty good sense of who we are and what we do even before they even reach out to us. So those are some of the things that we've been doing. It doesn't change the fact that the market is uncertain and is very volatile, but it has helped us at least. So some retooling, positioning, and positioning for relevance. And it sounds like if you're talking to Blair and, and I know a lot of soda participants are really sort of adherents of him and his, and, and Tim Williams is, is a big advocate of this as well. We've done some podcasts with both of them. Uh, as well as some webinars, really specificity, why you're relevant, going after kind of a unique positioning. You've taken this time to take a breath, take a pause, refine that a bit. So how about you, Brian, in the in the context of, I guess, revenue and the bumpiness, we're going to get into things like more operational, like talent retention in the, in the wild swings. But in terms of the research and, of course, the overwhelming number of the respondents saying, you know, net new revenue acquisition, of course, being a priority. Um, what have you guys been doing? We had a tough year, a little bit different timing than Andrew. Maybe beginning of the year was reasonably strong for us. My reaction to this year over 23 years of being in doing this type of work, this was the biggest, the fastest swing from being really busy, lots of client demand, ability to hit 
strong rates and and close business quickly to the opposite where new business slowed down dramatically, existing accounts pulled back. And Andrew used the word uncertainty, which I think is right. I mean, in the 2008 financial crisis, there was certainty that we were that, that nothing was going to happen. It felt different. It felt like, okay, we're pausing everything until we're through this. Whereas this year for me has felt more difficult because it wasn't always obvious that something wasn't going to happen. Projects were delayed. Decisions were delayed weeks and sometimes months and then maybe shelved entirely. More often than other years, we had a lot of verbal confirmations for one work or commitments that seemed like they were going to go ahead. And then a month later, it would get pulled back. So it made decision-making on internally with, that, with our agency that much more difficult. We did have to go through layoffs for the first time in 23 years, which is completely you know, brutal in so many ways. But part of what made it so hard was that, that uncertainty and a, and a lack of clarity about what work would be coming in when and where we might be able to place people. So it was very challenging in that way. In terms of reacting to it, we've been fortunate to build a really strong alumni network at Vigit. So we get a decent amount of opportunities through that uh, alumni network, people either directly with clients that have hired Vigit alum or more introductions and people kind of, you know, kind of know us well and can loop us in that way. I definitely think while we are open to responding to RFPs and happy to you know have that fun debate with Blair sometime, to me, it's a matter of why you deserve to win an opportunity and then what you'll do to win that. And so having a connection inside an organization where it's not just responding to kind of a blind uh, opportunity, I think is important. When things are, are light and you're kind of scrambling to uh, win work, I think being open to a variety of ways to win it is, is important. But that's where you know, founder-led sales is so important and, and having leaders that have strong networks and can go out and get the right opportunities in the door is always going to be part of that process. But there's more sustainable long-term tools that you can use that we can talk about, but that kind of aggressive outreach just to reconnect with people is always going to be part of the mix. So you touched on that wild swing and that pivot um, having been very atypical from previous downturns. Increased money supply, sort of a massive rebound after covid Lots of client demand, particularly, I think, if you were in the DTC space, of course, healthcare has always been strong, travel and tourism, kind of that revenge travel, getting back from COVID, just booming. And then a not screeching halt, like to your point in 2008, but real downshift. There's been so much printed and the volume of press generated just over the war for talent, particularly in the agency space. And the inability to match the economics of, for instance, big tech and hire competitively, you know, with those salaries. What kind of swing are you seeing? Maybe we'll start with you in that notion of that that wild pendulum around that. Is there a silver lining there? Obviously, doing a staff reduction is always painful. The hope with a strong culture is you can bring some of those people back over time. But how do you see that playing out both, I think, now and then maybe in the medium term? For me, there's an element of it that is healthy. The degree to which big tech was overhiring in the post-COVID boom got to be ridiculous. And the salary pressures were dramatic. You just had economics that didn't make any sense. And companies that were, whether it's because of their funding situation or the way that budgets were available with little regard to the cost of money, it kind of turned everything upside down. So to me, things now are a little bit, almost a little bit more normal than they were a couple of years ago. And in that sense, feels a little bit more stable, even though it's less fun from a revenue generation standpoint. Certainly from a talent perspective, who's available on the market, what the salary demands are, the retention challenges that we faced a couple of years ago have swung back in the other direction. The new business challenges are there. 
but the staff retention challenges are not. Those have become more kind of back to normal in that sense. So I, I think that's largely a positive. I think we're seeing a course correction from a world of tech and, and people that hire agencies to to kind of implement new technology where there was an assumption that we were compressing 10 years of growth into two years or whatever the ideas were last year that are just not happening. And so we're kind of unwinding that, seeing a lot of people getting pushed back out of tech. And that sort of disruption and chaos creates a lot of confusion on the client side. Should I hire an agency? Should I hire in-house? What talent do I need? What are these different roles? I mean, there's constant change in, in all of that. And I think that creates an exciting time for agencies that can navigate it well, because you kind of can help educate clients on what the different roles really are, what the services they might really need, how they can generate real value, short-term, long-term, all that kind of stuff. So I think there's reasons for optimism, but it's definitely a chaotic time. That's what we're seeing. So Andrew, I'd love to get your your vantage point on this. You know, it was interesting in the research that, and, and again, a lot of medium to large agency principals kind of just responding with their different challenges. And one that was kind of interesting that even though there's been this swing back to Brian's point around the inflated expectations of of maybe big tech and not having to compete with those and some balancing in the market, you know, there's still like something like 25 to 30 percent of these principals saying they're still challenged with really balancing their staff and against profitability. But in the context of talent, maybe start with near term and then how, you know, your, your experience living through this year and then what you think is coming how have you adapted and, and evolved? Yeah, I agree with the you know, the pendulum sentiment. And it, and it swung way faster than anything I've ever seen in the past. It swung one direction really quickly and then kind of swung back. And I think the, the hard thing for us now really around retention is understanding the model of in-office versus out-of-office, you know, remote versus uh, in-person. And expectations that I think were... Again, that that pendulum swung quickly of everybody's, you know, all these companies. And when you have the huge companies and they're making headlines of we're fully remote. Well, now those same companies are saying we need you back in the office. We need you back here. And, you know, I think there's a lot of reasons for that. We could spend hours just talking about that whole piece. But I think from a creative agency, you know, the soda agencies and other agencies, collaboration is key. Collaboration is, is super important. And no matter how you know incredible the tools are that are out there, the digital tools, nothing beats sort of sitting around in a room. How that translates to retention and recruiting is striking the right balance with the teams and saying, here's what we're going to do and here's what we're not going to do. And here's how we're going to try and respect these new sort of set of rules and boundaries that that people have come to appreciate, certainly. And, you know, I think all of us will, will see that there's been some benefits there. But what's that right balance and striking that balance at a pace that matches sort of the broader market, number one, but also, you know, helping to the teams, the employees here uh, and elsewhere that isn't sort of a shock to the system that causes them to immediately go out and start looking elsewhere. But again, I think the pendulum has swung back enough where it's pretty easy to have those conversations now. It's just a matter of what is the right balance and how does that translate through to retention? So I think near term, you know, for us, it's continuing to find what works, what's the right balance. You know, we'll be announcing some things and sort of even just, in fact, I got a company meeting today. We're going to be talking about next year's uh, initiatives and what we're wanting to do. And we're going to be asking for some feedback. And part of that is the, you know, in person, and, you know, one of the big reminders that I tell everybody is not necessarily just about you. It's about people who need you to be there too. You need to help them. They need some guidance from you. They need some feedback from you. And that's really easy to do when you're sitting next to each other. It's not as easy to do over Slack or you know, Zoom or whatever that is. And then I think longer term is just where it, where does that pendulum settle? Is it sort of 
50, 60% in the office? Is it, you know, back in person? Is it, I don't know. I, I think we're all trying to figure out what that's going to look like. So that's the bigger retention challenge and recruiting challenge for us now than it is sort of wages and out of control expectations there. So to follow up on that, and certainly, you know, I don't think anyone sitting in your seats, respective seats, really feels like they've got that perfected. But it seems like from, you know, we talk to a couple hundred agency and agency-like clients who we speak to regularly. We have probably equal to double that as in terms of prospective partners. And everyone seems to be settling into some type of hybrid model. Along with that, putting that aside, sort of that operation toolkit modality, you know, when you're talking about, you know, going to a planning meeting, what focused operational or maybe technology investments are you teeing up for, for 2024 and how you really run, measure, service clients, for instance, in the in your uh, respective agency? Yeah, yeah. All good questions. I mean, I think, so we are in a hybrid model as well. So we have our own offices just outside of D.C., down in Durham, North Carolina, Boulder, Colorado, and then we share some space with another agency in Chattanooga, Tennessee. But, you know, more than a third, almost half, right, the company is fully remote or works remotely most of the time. So we are a classic hybrid world. We also traditionally have done two in-person retreats every year where we get everybody together in the same location. We had to pause the fall one this year. And so we basically are kind of doing the best practices for running a remote company and for running an in-person company, which is adds up to a lot of expense. So we're trying to think about how to do that more efficiently so we're not overspending on some of those things. In terms of collaboration cadence and tools, I mean, we, we have a rich tradition of communication cadence between our weekly staff meeting that doubles as sort of a you know social connection point, our quarterly meetings that, that again, twice a year are, are a larger retreat and an annual one that turns into a major kind of culture event every year. Those things work really well. And then our communication cadence among projects being very much remote first. So making sure that we can collaborate across offices and, and which is something we've done for 15 years now, well before COVID, we flex those muscles. So all of our collaboration communication tools are, are remote first. But to Andrew's point, there is nothing like getting together in person, collaborating with clients. So whenever we can, with clients that are open to it, we're leveraging our office spaces for hosting kickoff meetings or key collaboration points. I still think that's that's really important. I also think for younger people that will be hiring or earlier people earlier in their career that don't have a professional network established, that don't have as much experience, haven't been mentored, the ability to learn and grow and, and experience good mentorship in person, it's just going to be dramatically better. So it's not to say that every person starting out their career needs to be in an office, but I think that would be preferable for their professional development. And I would imagine for for their kind of social experience that agencies are famous for, right? Like uh, people join the agency environment in part because it's a uh, super enjoyable and fun in, in ways that go beyond just a paycheck. So we're trying to find the right, the right balance for that. Our tools and things, I mean, to Andrew's point, I still think that we tend to kind of start in the spreadsheet world and, and really try to break down the problems that we're trying to understand with raw data and, and the basics first. And that process of kind of building things out with internal tools and basic technology, I think, helps you understand the problems better, helps you spot the real metrics that you're trying to keep track of and, and make sense from, and then and then using that to then decide, okay, we're going to invest in a, in a certain tool that's going to give us better analysis ongoing. I still love that part of my job is kind of digging in on the key metrics that I care the most about. And and right now, I mean, obviously it's a lot of revenue forecasting. Where is every dollar going to come from for the next 12 months? Mm-hmm. Existing clients, new clients, that kind of thing. And then 
for the existing staff. It's all about utilization. I mean, ultimately, if you're not billing on a client project as a billable resource at the right level, nothing else is going to work. I mean, obviously, you got to think about what your rates are and how that adds up to to the right revenue result. But keeping an eye, close close eye on utilization is has always been part of our secret. And if anything, I think that's one of the things we really analyzed this year is we kind of got away from that. And so we're kind of redoubling those efforts for 2024 to really keep a closer eye on billable utilization of really every individual within the in the company. If I can just add one thing to what Brian just said, because I think it's really a great point is everybody went into COVID in a different way. You know, Brian and Vigit had already been hybrid in a lot of ways and remote or, you know, in different offices. So it was part of their DNA going into it. I think for companies such as Struck that had a single office that, uh, well, it had two offices at one point in time, but right before that had decided to consolidate. It was a lot harder because part of the culture that was built was this in-person. And so to then go to full remote and then to come back, it's a little bit of just finding ourselves. you know. And then I've also talked to people who have started businesses in COVID or right after COVID and they're fully remote. And that's great because they've, they started that way. They have that as part of their initial DNA. So I suspect that that's something that a lot of agencies that really relied on part of that in-person and part of culture, it's part of our the way that we do business, have struggled more than those who had part of what they did beforehand. So I think there's a lot of figuring out from some folks such as Struck that we've had to do that others, it was a muscle that they already had, uh, at least flexed to some degree. And it was easier, a little easier transition for them. That makes sense. And I think, you know, we've done several of these with Soda. We've done these with other peer and collaborative agency type networks, certainly talked to a lot of our own clients and our prospective clients. And I think there's this theme of certainly coming out of COVID, a lot of resilience, you know, shops that swore up and down, we've got to be in the same room to collaborate in concept and iterate on the creative process, have settled on kind of that middle space. Like there is significant work that can be done remote, but there really is no substitution for the energy and collaboration. So we've got to, we've got to kind of strike that balance. And then certainly getting down to the, the essentials of profitability Agencies are universal in the sense that people are essentially a product, right? So applying them the right time, the right place, the right margin, right utilization to make some money so that, you know, the agency can bribe as essentials. If you enjoyed this podcast, let us know by giving the show a five-star review on your favorite podcast platform and leaving a comment. If you haven't already subscribed to the show, you can do so anywhere you get podcasts, on any podcast app. And to learn more about the power of Cantata's purpose-built technology, go to cantata.com. Thanks again for listening.